I know I'd screw it up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, live from Essex Fells, New Jersey, for those in attendance and those that will be watching on Facebook later, the greatest battle ever fought. Are you ready? Now let's meet the principals for this morning's battle. Fighting out of the evil corner, wearing black trunks. He's been wreaking havoc in the lives of people since the fall in the garden. Straight from the pits of hell, the ruler of darkness, the evil one, the father of lies, Satan and the desires of the flesh, the flesh booting. <laughs> and now, fighting out of the holy corner, wearing white trunks, he comes to live in the heart of every true believer since the day of Pentecost, the third person of the Trinity, our comforter, our counselor and advocate, and still undefeated, the one, the only, Holy Spirit. Now let's get ready to rumble. Now instead of alarm clocks uh, playing music or making whatever noise it makes to wake us up in the morning, I think it should say, let's get ready to rumble. Because as soon as our feet hit the floor in the morning, or sometimes before we even get out of bed, the battle begins. Someone once said, if you don't run into the devil first thing in the morning, you're running in the wrong direction. Our text this morning in Galatians 5 is all about the struggle we're in as Christians between the flesh and the spirit. It's a daily struggle, but it isn't a, the struggle isn't a draw. See, the flesh, our sinful nature, is strong, but the spirit, not the human spirit, but the Holy Spirit is stronger. So let's see what Paul has to say in our passage this morning as he describes for us uh, the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and the fight we're in against the flesh. And as we turn to the Word of God, let's turn to the God of that Word, shall we? Father, I, I thank you for the, the honor and the privilege to be here in the pulpit this morning, Lord. And I, I need to be reminded from time to time, Father, what an, what an awesome, awesome responsibility this is, Lord. Father, I, I pray that you've, I know that you've prepared the hearts of everyone here, Lord, that are, that are watching online this morning, Lord. And I, I pray that you would, you would flood their hearts with your, with this, with your word, Father, with, with, with this message. I pray, Father, that, that, that they would see that we're, we're not only in a battle of our lives, we're in a battle for our lives. And Lord, the only way, the only way we can overcome this battle between the flesh and the spirit is to invite Jesus Christ into our lives. When he comes into our, the moment we invite him into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and he's the only one that has the power to defeat this enemy. So Father, I, I, I pray specifically, Father, if there's anyone here this morning that hasn't accepted your, 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 your free gift of salvation, that your Holy Spirit would, would specifically speak to them, Father, that they would see that this is the day of salvation. 
And they, they need in, in, they, not only the, your Holy Spirit and, and what Jesus did on the cross, Father, so that they can go to heaven, but to fight this daily battle that we're in. Let's look at uh, Galatians 5, beginning in verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you doing from the things, that you, the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and other things or sins like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. You see, back in verse 13, Paul sets the stage uh, for the rest of Galatians 5. He tells us how this, this whole thing works. He says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but, but, but through love serve one another. See, he says we have freedom because of what Christ did on the cross for us. So now we're free. Not only free from the, uh, uh, the guilt of sin because we've experienced God for God's forgiveness, we're free from uh, the penalty of sin because of what Christ did for us on the cross. And through the Holy Spirit, we're free from the power of sin in our daily life. We're also free from the law and its demands. The King James Version says, but don't use that freedom as an occasion for the flesh. See, the word occasion here is, is, is a military term. It means a, a base of operations. It's where we operate out of. See, if, if we're in enemy territory, the base of operations is where we get our, our intelligence, where we, where we get equipped, where we get ready to go into battle. He's saying don't use that freedom as a base of operations for the flesh. We were in a battle, the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. You know, we hear people say, well, I can't believe I'm struggling with that sin, or I can't believe I'm struggling with that sin. You know, what do you mean you can't believe you're still struggling? Right? We're going to be struggling until we die or the trumpet blows and Jesus Christ comes back to take us home. So how do we deal with this, with this struggle and win this battle against sin? Well, we win against sin by submitting to the Holy Spirit's leading. That's our first point this morning. We win against the, the sin by submitting to the Holy Spirit's leading. Look at verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. For the, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these things are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if, you, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, I want to start off by saying how some people interpret verse 16. They say, if you don't gratify the desires of the flesh, then you'll walk in the Spirit. They reverse it. 
They believe that you can earn the Holy Spirit by, by doing good things. But that isn't what it says. In fact, the way it's written is, as, as for you, for us, having already started walking in the Spirit. See, our behavior is our responsibility. Jeff Bridges, in his book, The Pursuit of Happiness, says, a farmer plows his field, plants his seed, and waters his crop. Even though God is the one who causes the germination, the growth, and finally the harvest. The farmer can't do what God has to do, and God won't do what the farmer should do. See, God has made it possible for us to walk in holiness, but he's given us the responsibility of walking. Holiness means to, uh, to be separated from the, the way the world, and, uh, the world acts and thinks. See, the Holy Spirit is God's power working in our lives, but he won't force himself on us. We have a choice to accept him or reject him. It, it's, a, it's a gift that we receive, and we can't earn it by doing good works. So if we continue to walk in the Spirit, we're not going to fulfill or gratify the desires of our, our fallen nature, the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. That's a, that, that's a command. We're commanded to walk by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Or in Ephesians, to, to be filled with the Spirit. See, that's to say that we're, we're to yield control of our lives over to the Holy Spirit. And this isn't easy. It's not an easy thing to do. See, the, the command is, 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 this command is followed by a, a, a recognition of a conflict in verse 17. The flesh, which still remains because we haven't been glorified, we're still human. So we still have fleshly desires even after, we're, we're, uh, even after our conversion and, and our transformation. Even after we're born again, we're still going to have fleshly desires. See, the flesh sets, sets its desires against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. See, these are in opposition to each other so that we may not do the things that, that please us. See, that's the conflict. Paul talks about that in his life in Romans 7, verses 15 to 20. We're righteous and sinful at the same time. So we have a new creation, right? We have a new nature. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, but we're, we're still living in the flesh. We're still human. And so there's, there's this battle going on. We desire, right, we want to walk in the Spirit, but the flesh fights against the Spirit, and the Spirit fights against the flesh. Verse 17 says, because the Spirit is opposed to the flesh, we don't do the things we want to do. So we have a command to walk by the Spirit. And in, 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 fulfilling, that, in, in fulfilling that command, uh, uh, we have a conflict, and it's, it's, it's a formidable conflict. Uh, it's a conflict between our remaining flesh and, and, and uh, our sinful nature, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. See, our flesh, uh, our fallen nature, is continually trying to hold down the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Spirit has a counterattack, you know, uh, with his own desires. But this shouldn't make us feel bad. Oh, I can't believe I'm still struggling with this sin. No, this tells us that God is working in our lives. Right Before we were saved, we didn't have that battle going on. I know I didn't. We just did whatever we wanted to do, right? But now that we're saved, God is trying to, to, trying to direct us and, 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 and to lead us. We sit down at the computer, and we, we want to go to some website, and the Holy Spirit will say, ah, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. He says, go ahead, you're all alone. Who's going to know? Or maybe some here or some watching are struggling with, with, with an addiction, the alcohol and drugs or, or, or 
or whatever, and you're clean for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or maybe even a year. Satan's patient. He don't mind. And maybe you have a, 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 a bad week or a bad day. You had a fight with your, your spouse or your boyfriend or a, a girlfriend, and Satan will say, go ahead, go have a cocktail. Who's going to know? Go to the corner, buy yourself a bag of dope. Nobody's going to know. You're all alone. And we think about it, and we try to rationalize it in our head. Who's going to know? Right? When we're driving and somebody cuts us off, the first words out of our mouth sometimes aren't holy words. You should hear Val when she's driving. It's terrible. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> That's okay, buddy. Go ahead. I'm, I'm praying for you. No, I don't think so. Right? Would we talk like that if Jesus was sitting next to us? What if we were sitting in the, in the living room? Would we talk to our spouse or our kids, or, or our kids if we could see Jesus sitting in the recliner? See, the point is, he is with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll never leave you until the end of the age. Verse 18 says, if we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. See, God the Son has, has died in our place and dealt with the penalty of sin. God the Father has forgiven us and dealt with the guilt of sin. And Jesus, God's Son, died in our place and he's dealt with the penalty of sin. See, and God the whole, I'm sorry, and God the Holy Spirit has dealt with the power of sin. See, if we submit to the Holy Spirit's leading day after day, moment by moment, hour by hour, we can win against sin. So let's see what these sins are because we're going to have sinful desires every day of our life, but we shouldn't give in to them. But as we walk by the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, we're still going to have sinful desires. We're still in a battle. So how do we win against sin? Well, we win against sin by calling sin, sin. That's our second point. We win against sin by calling sin, sin. Look at verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgy, orgies, and things or sins like these. I warn you as I have before that those who do such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. Now that word sorcery there, in, in the original Greek language that the New Testament was written, the word is pharmakia. It's where we get drugs, dr drugs from. See, back in the day, in Bible days, people would use, the pagans would use uh, 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 plants and, and, and herbs to, to, to hallucinate in their, in, in their idol worship. So they, they say the Bible doesn't have drugs in it. There it is right there. We all have evil desires, and some are more obvious than others. But if we habitually live like this, if we make these things a habit in our lives, it's, evidence that we, it's evident that we haven't trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and therefore we ain't going to heaven. Let's be perfectly clear about this, what sin is, and so nobody gets confused, so nobody can get caught off guard and say that I really didn't understand. Again, those struggling with, 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 uh, with, with an alcohol or, or, or drug addiction, the world tells us that uh, alcohol and drugs is a disease that attacks, that attacks our body. And if, it, if you have the, the disease of addiction, you, you, there's no cure for it. You're never, you're never going to get over it. But if you, if you, if you have the, the, the sin of addiction, you can ask Jesus Christ to forgive you, the Holy Spirit will come into your life and, 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 and forgive you. And the, Holy, and the Holy Spirit lives in your heart that gives you the power to say no 
to alcohol and drugs. This was huge in my life. This was a game changer for me. See, Paul says in verse 19, uh, I want you to be perfectly clear about these things. So how do we know when the flesh is in control and when the spirit's in control? Well, when the flesh is in control, we get those things that we just read in verses 19 to 20. And then he adds like, things like this. There's this kind of like an et cetera. There's many, there's many more. See, this was our behavior when we were unregenerate sinners. This is the kind of things that, that mark people who, who won't inherit the kingdom of God. And it, he says there are many more that can be added to this. This is the stuff that the, the flesh produces. So we still have a tendency to, to do these things in our, in our unredeemed flesh. Our flesh. And our flesh won't be redeemed until we receive a, a heavenly home and our glorified bodies. Paul says that these are the things of the flesh. And I warn you, as I have before, that those who do such things won't, need, won't inherit the kingdom of God. Let's be perfectly clear about this. See, do is an important word here. It means if we habitually practice such things, if these things become a habit in, in our life, it doesn't mean if we slip and, and, and sin. Right? Look, we all have evil desires, right? Sometimes we sin. It's, it's, it's our sinful nature. But if we make a habit of these things and we keep doing them, uh, and refuse to trust Jesus Christ, right? We ain't going to heaven. But if we confess our, our sin as a sin, we can repent and be forgiven. You know, as I worked through these things, preparing this message, the, the Holy Spirit reminded me about how often I fall short, and there are, there's still things that need to be changed in my life. You know, Val reminded me of them every once in a while when we're, when we're having a vigorous uh, conversation. And just, 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 the, just the other night, I don't know, I didn't realize Val had a, she was having a tough, tough week at work, and she just had a, she went to the eye doctor, and her eyes were refracted, and she was, she had a blurry vision, and she was up late every night making uh, candy and lollipops for uh, our grandson's first birthday, which, which was, ye was yesterday. And I didn't even know what the situation, what the situation was, but she said something, and I snapped back at her. I know it's hard to believe. And, 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 and I started yelling, yelling at her. And then, you know, then, then there comes the silent scorn. Don't you love silent scorn? You know, you, 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 don't, you don't talk the rest of the night. Every time you walk by, you go, ah, you know? So, and, and I, I, you know, she, she reminds me of these things all the time. And like I said, we did, this happened the other night. So uh, we're going to be taking another collection this morning for flowers. Uh, uh, I mean, the price of gas, we got no money left, so yeah, please. <laughs> dig deep, please. Well, in contrast to the desires of the flesh is the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus says if we obey his word, submit ourselves to his Holy Spirit, we can win this battle against sin. And when we win this battle against sin, we produce powerful fruit by the Holy Spirit. That's our third point this morning. When we win against sin, we produce powerful fruit by the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 23. But the, verse, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You see, the clue to understanding how this fruit is produced in us is the fact that it's the fruit of the Spirit. 
These qualities aren't something that are produced by us, but they're produced in us. They're produced by the Holy Spirit living in us. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you will stay connected with me and I'll stay connected with you. As the branch can't bear fruit of itself unless it stays connected to the vine, then neither can you unless you stay connected or abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Well, to think that we could uh, read this list and believe that we could, we, we could roll up our sleeves and, and produce it in our own power would be like someone cutting off a, 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 a branch of an apple tree and believing that the, the, the branch could produce apples. See, the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Holy Spirit. When we belong to Jesus and allow the, the Holy Spirit to control our lives, he'll produce that fruit. Now let's make some observations here before we go a, a little further. See, the deeds of the flesh are, uh, uh, the, the deeds of the flesh are plural. Deeds, it's, it's plural. My English teacher would be proud of me. Now, there's a, there's a list. That's that list we saw in verses 19 to 21. And not everybody does all these things at the same time. You know, we often say that sinners aren't free. They're, they're bound. They're bound by their sin. But they do have the freedom to, to choose their sin. They can pick and choose their poison. Let's put it that way. See, not everybody does all these things at the same time. It would be virtually impossible. Although there were some weakness, I came pretty close. But these are, these are, these are you know, some people never get drunk. It's just not their, it's, it, it's not their, the sin that they're tempted with. The New American Standard says, calls drunkenness carouse. I like that word, carouse. It means to drink plentiful amounts of alcohol and enjoy yourself in a noisy, lively way. That's nice, isn't it? Carouse. I wonder how well that would have gone when I went to court. <laughs> Your Honor, I wasn't drunk, I was carousing. I was just drinking plentiful amounts of alcohol with my friends, enjoying myself in a noisy, lively way. I bet that wouldn't have went over too well. See, this, it, 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 these, are, these are sins that we, could, we can choose from, and there are many, many more that could be added to that list. However, on the other hand, the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is singular. When we're operating in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit, so you don't pick and choose your fruit. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a package deal. See, the fruit of the Spirit is singular because it's, it, it's not, a, not a list that we pick and choose from. We don't say, well, you know, uh, I think I'm going to mark my calendar and next Thursday I'm going to show a little joy. Uh, Friday night I'm going to you know, be a little gentle and a couple of days from now I'm going to love somebody. It doesn't work like that. This isn't a list. We can do that with our sins, I mean, we could, we could say, you know, Friday night, I'm, I'm going to go to a wild party and, and, and get drunk, and I hope by the end of the night it could be a little impure. You know, it, it, it's, it, we, we can plan our sin. But when you walk by the Spirit, it, it, it comes as a, as, a, as a package. The fruit of the Spirit, it, it, it's a combination of, of all these virtues and more. At the end of verse 23, it says, such things, such things as these, which means they're, they're, they're more of them. You know, but these are a sampling of the most important virtues. You know, a, a sin is a list we can choose from, but virtue is, is produced as a whole. And I think maybe some might disagree, but I, I don't think these are laid out in some kind of a, a sequence that love, joy, and peace kind of follow each other. I don't think that's what Paul, the way he presented it. I think uh, it's not a list that we sort of work through, but, but rather the way to see these things is like, um, uh, like a, a bouquet of flowers, it's a bouquet. It doesn't come as isolated things side by side in a row. It's, it's a beautiful bouquet of these virtues. 
That's what the Holy Spirit produces in someone who's, who, who walks by the Spirit. But even if we could manage to show some signs that, that look like the fruit of the Spirit, it, it, it wouldn't be the fruit of the Spirit at all. It would be fake fruit, like wax fruit. Like maybe, Remember your grandmother had the bowl of wax fruit on the table? You know? every, every time, and maybe you still do. I'm not hoping it's certain law insult nobody. But every time I'd go to my grandmother's house, I'd always pick one. I'd like the pear or the apple, and I'd test it to see it was... And you did too, come on. Right, you did too. Don't lie. Don't lie in church. <laughs> See, uh, sometimes, uh, something else that we have to understand about this fruit is that it, 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 it doesn't grow overnight. It grows over time. It's a process. Picture fruit hanging on a branch. First, it, it blossoms. It, 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 it flowers. And then, <coughs> excuse me, it blossoms and it, 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 it flowers. It takes time to develop. We have to allow the Holy Spirit all the time that he needs to produce his fruitness. And that means we have to accept all the various trials and tests that he brings into our lives to, to develop that fruit. We can't shortchange the process. And all of these different qualities give us a picture of Jesus himself. Right? He displayed perfect love to us by giving himself on the cross for us, right? See, his fruit in us is actually, this fruit in us is actually the perfect qualities of Jesus being displayed in us. It's nothing less than the Holy Spirit living the life of Jesus through us. You know, I had many different jobs illustrious, during my illustrious career. <laughs> and uh, one time I worked as an ele uh, electrician at the second largest uh, orange juice processing plant in Florida. And another time when I, w I, was, I wasn't doing too good, I was, I was working in the orange grove, I was picking fruit alongside the, uh, the migrant workers. Well, needless to say, I learned an awful lot about oranges. See, oranges are, uh, orange trees, they're, they're sensitive to the climate. They have certain temperature requirements. Like when they actively grow on fruit, they, they do best if the temperature is between uh, 55 and, say, 100 degrees. In the winter, after the fruit season, they require temperatures that, that are uh, no lower than 35 degrees. They're, they're very frost-sensitive orange trees. And orange trees produce their most fruit when they grow in, in full sunshine, full sunlight with, uh, with sandy soil that, uh, you know, that, that drains well. And they have to be fertilized with this high nitrogen formula three times a year. I believe it's February, May, and September. But what does that have to do with our message this morning? Well, nothing. I like to tell that story. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Just like those orange trees need the right environment or the right condition to grow fruit, we all, it's also true when it comes to the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, he'll grow the fruit but it's our responsibility to make sure that the environment or, or the conditions are right for growth to happen. And there are three things that we need to have, uh, that we have to do in order for the Spirit to produce His fruit in our lives. Well, the first one is we, we have to be sure that we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That means that we've been delivered from, from our sin through His sacrifice on the cross, and we've invited Him to, to rule in our lives. He has to be our, our Lord and Savior. Second, we should pay careful attention to what Paul says in verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, this is telling us that, that in order to create an environment or, or conditions that are favorable, favorable to the, the Spirit's fruit in our lives, we have to deal with the sin in our lives. See, every time where those old passions and desires rise up in us, we, we have to crucify them. Romans 3, 13 and 14 says that we, we don't gratify those passions and desires anymore. We don't, make, we don't make provisions for them anymore. That's not who we are. 
in uh, Romans 6 and 11. He said, but consider yourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And third, we should note what Paul says in, uh, what Paul says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. See, Paul's using a term here that basically means to, to uh, advance in a line. Picture a, a group of soldiers marching to the beat of a, a drum. This is how it's, this is how it's translated in, in the NIV, where it reads, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And verse 26 says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. See, when the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in our lives, our attitude shouldn't be that I'm better than you and I'm going to prove it. Or that you're better than me and I'm going to resent it. We're all valued and loved in God's eyes. And because we're redeemed, of, uh, and, and, and because we're redeemed by Jesus Christ and gifted by the Holy Spirit, it's my privilege to serve you. Friends, we're not only in the battle of our lives, we're in the battle for our lives. And this fight is going to go on until we die, until the trumpet sounds and Christ comes back for us. So we have to, we have to remember, let's get ready to rumble, right? Because the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. We're at war. See, but there is a solution. If we let the Holy Spirit control our lives, we can win the battle over our, over our flesh and the sin in our lives. But we have to be perfectly clear to call sin a sin. The Bible names it as a sin. We have to name it as a sin. It's not a disease or a condition. Only when we recognize a sin can we, can we repent and ask Jesus to forgive us. Right? The Bible calls that being born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us and He'll give us a new direction and a new prodding in our lives. And this happens the, the moment that Christ comes into our life. That's when His Holy Spirit begins to start to produce fruit in our lives. Sanctification. We don't produce the fruit. The Holy Spirit does. When we, when we obey, follow, agree, comply with, and acknowledge and accept the Word of God and what the Word of God says and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying in our lives. We can walk by the Spirit now. We can overcome the flesh. We can live a truly righteous life, but we have to be born again. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And when we receive that free gift, we become a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. God has done his part. Now we have to do our part. And what is our part? We have to accept what Jesus Christ did on, on the cross for us for the forgiveness of our sins. You know, friends, we, the, Jesus Christ left his, 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 his home in heaven and came to this earth as, uh, as a rescue mission to rescue us from a, a, a hell, to rescue us from hell. He, pay, he paid the price that he didn't know because we, we, we had a price that we, we couldn't pay. We had a debt that we, we couldn't pay. So I'd like to invite anybody here today that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior to, uh, uh, to do that today. Settle that affair now. We don't know when our number's going to be called. We, we, we don't know when we're going to be, you know, God's going to say, this is it. It's time to come home. Look at, look at all the things that are going on in this world today. People being shot. People, we, 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 we don't know. If you were to die tonight, are you absolutely sure that your last breath here on earth, after your last breath here on earth, your next breath would be heavenly air? Are you sure about that? Today, you could be sure of that. This could be the greatest day, the greatest day of your life.
If I took a piece of paper and I said, I don't love Jesus on that paper, how many would sign that paper? This is what I thought. So why don't you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Let him run your life. It, it's, it, 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 it's a choice you're never, ever going to regret. So with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. There's no magic words to this prayer. This is just simply a way of expressing the desires of your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins, and I invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice to remember that hidden in your holiness, of your, the holiness of your Son, Father, we, we, you count us as holy in your sight. You see us as saints set apart by our Savior for our Savior. Help us to live in that hope that what we see by faith now, we will one day see with our eyes. And Father, surely you'll understand that if today we ask you for just a small sample of what we're going to enjoy one day. We ask that your Holy Spirit would lead us away from the swamps of sexual immorality, sensuality, and impurity. As painful as it might be, expose our inclinations to idolatry. Father, fortify us against open and immoral sins, against drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Protect us in our friendships and keep our family from the, the evils of hate, strife, fits of anger, hidden jealousy, and unhealthy rivalries. We pray that you would shield your bride, your church, Father, from the attack of our enemies. Keep us from the ugliness of dissensions that come from divisions. Father, let us see a season in our lives that when, when the fruit of the Spirit will be seen by everyone. Make our church a, a place where love becomes an action, where joy runs deep, where peaceful hearts produce enduring people. Father, give us the pleasure of seeing kindness and goodness characterized in our, our young men and women, where faithfulness is the hallmark of our marriage, where gentleness and self-control are the, the prominent features in all of us. And as we live by the Spirit, help us to keep in step with the Spirit, so we're reminded to crucify our flesh with its passions and desires. Please don't let us, let us become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let us be content, encouraging, and edifying one another. We come to you with these requests, Father, because you've redeemed us so that we might bear the fruit, and, uh, the fruit of your Spirit. Father, we praise you, we glorify you, and all honor and glory are yours. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.